Real Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. And good morning, everyone. Welcome. This is Real Presence Live. My name is Ben Frost, and I am your host for today. We're going to be joined momentarily also by Father Brandon Moravitz, uh, co-hosting, and uh, he's over in the church finishing up his uh, daily Mass, uh, Mass with our students uh, at Marquette Catholic School, and uh, so we'll be blessed to have him as well. And 9 o'clock here, Virginia, Minnesota, Holy Spirit Church, and uh, Janelle, God bless you. You were able to trek all the way from Fargo and, and help us get uh, set up here. And uh, thank you for, for coming. It's been a long time. It's been actually like a year since we've <laughs> hosted here in Virginia, Minnesota. But it's good to be back on the air and to see familiar faces again. So. Well, it's nice to be here. You know, um, I, I love coming up here and I love bringing the equipment. And you and Father Moravich do a wonderful job of hosting. But we've missed you. I know. So thank you for coming back on the air. Yes. Praise God. Yes. No, we're uh, uh, very blessed uh, to be back and uh, share a little bit about... Uh, uh, some of my experiences in the last year, maybe later in the show, but uh, we have a great show today. A lot of great guests, uh, a great lineup, and we are going to dive right in, actually. And our first uh, guest today uh, that's with us, his name is Deacon Mark Creechy, and I believe we have him on the line. Good morning, Deacon Mark. How are you today? Well, good morning. Nice, nice to be with you, and it's a beautiful day. Oh, wonderful. So today... We're going to be talking about the way of mercy, but before we get into that, I just wanted to give our listeners a chance to get to know you a little bit. So tell us about yourself, Deacon Mark. Well, I am uh, uh, live in Moorhead, Minnesota with my wife, and um, the director of the Office of Formation and Discipleship for the Diocese of Crookston. And part of that ministry is... Um, a formation ministry that we call Going Forth as Disciples, which is meant to help Catholics understand that they're called to be a missionary disciple and to form them to go out on that mission. Uh, that is very important work in our church today, forming missionary disciples. And uh, so, boy, what a, what, a, what a blessing that you're able to do that. And today, um, we're going to be examining a little bit about this way of mercy um, so tell us about uh, the Way of Mercy, and then what inspired you to write about this. Well, as we're you know putting as we were putting together going forth as disciples for our parishes, um, you know we, we want to uh, focus this first year very much on prayer, and we you know thought about different types of prayer opportunities that people could engage in, and I just thought, well, you know we should find a, a, a Stations of the Cross related to missionary discipleship. Yeah. And, you know, it dawned on me, there are 14 works of mercy, spiritual and corporal works of mercy, 14 Stations of the Cross. Somebody must have written uh, a Stations of the Cross based on these works of mercy. And I looked all over the place and could not find it, and I asked people and contacted publishers and um, there's maybe one in Italian, 
Um, but I didn't think that was going to do us in northwest Minnesota very any good. So, um, you know, so I, I just started um, uh, writing these stations and then, of course, um, had a number of uh, priests that reviewed it. And there was a formal review of the, these stations. And, and so I guess if you can't find it, you go and write it. So that's beautiful. There's this fusion of mercy, divine mercy, and and the stations of the cross, and and you wrote this uh, to help uh, parishes and people in your diocese. So how has that looked so far? Is there is there a parish or two? Is it kind of a diocese wide initiative? Like how have people been utilizing this this way of mercy and the stations of the cross? Yeah, it, a number of our parishes have uh, used it this Lenten season, and um, uh, you know it's. It, for some parishes, they have their stations that they do every week, every Lent, etc. Other other um, parishes have said, no, we, we'd like to um, try this. In fact, I was in uh, Holly, Minnesota last night, um, leading the stations there. And the week before, I was at Sacred Heart in East Grand Forks. And so I've been going around and uh, leading these stations, going to one or two parishes every week uh, during Lent. And it's been... Um, beautiful to pray these stations of the cross um, with people and and to hear their reactions afterwards about how, you know, when they reflect on Jesus on his way to Calvary, I mean, that that was such a beautiful act of mercy, of course, that Jesus does for us, for our salvation. And for them to be able to walk along that way of mercy with them, with Jesus, you know, yeah. people enjoyed praying that. Yeah, well, and I've, I love that image. Actually, I was just I helped teach at our our school here in Virginia, and I love the image of the the cross, right, and both the horizontal and the vertical beams, and mm-hmm. and the way that God bestows His mercy on all of us in, in such a beautiful way. We, we receive uh, that grace and His love and His mercy. But then you look at the other way is when you receive God mer- God's mercy naturally, and this kind of, I think, gets into uh, what you're talking about here with the, with the stations, is then mercy should flow in the way that we interact with one another. How do we bring God's mercy out into the world? And through the, the corporal, the spiritual works of mercy, like that's how we live uh, in right relationship with one another. Um, so I guess I just wanted to maybe unpack this a little bit with you. So, um, so for example, what work of mercy applies to the first station of the cross? Like, how, how, if you were to go and, and someone were to experience this, uh, the the way of mercy, like, what would they see? What would be the the first station? Well, the first station, of course, is Pilate condemns Jesus to death, and and you know, and I'll, I'll, the the um, each station is set up with the leader being responded to by the people and kind of that, that dialogue of back and forth. And, and so with, um, after, of course, you know, we adore you, O Christ, and we praise you because by your holy cross you have redeemed the world, the leader then kind of sets a scene. Um, Pilate, of course, is asking Jesus questions, and Jesus is trying to explain things to him, but Pilate's heart isn't really open. Yeah. isn't really open to learning about Jesus. It's just, you know, who's this guy? Is Pilate's attitude. And he's making a mess for me in my day. Well, then the people come and respond and, and pray that when they're called to instruct others, whether people invite them, ask them questions about the Church, or whether they offer um, 
you know, reflections on, on their life in Christ. Um, you know, sometimes the people that they're speaking with um, aren't going to be open, like Pilate wasn't open to Jesus, but we trust in the Holy Spirit, and we, we instruct those, we instruct others about the faith, um, being an instrument of the Holy Spirit, so that the Holy Spirit opens their minds to the teachings of Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and back to your work also with missionary discipleship as you're sharing that. Um, mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a hard thing in our world today. We, we talk about things like discipleship and evangelization and, and go, going out. And I think for a lot of people, their experience, their experience sometimes is, I have a fear of how it's received and maybe there isn't an openness of heart. And sometimes that, that paralyzes us um, from really bringing yeah. the, the gospel out. And what's mm-hmm. beautiful about even this first station, there's that sense of like, how do we, again, like what's the most common uh, phrase throughout the scriptures, be not afraid, take courage. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Uh, and I do think that we need to, as a church, get to a place of, okay, even if it's hard, and even if there's hearts that aren't open, it's still necessary that we go out and we bring the love of Jesus Christ and his church uh, to those around us, that this, this world that desperately uh, needs us and... Um, do you find that like is there a, a do we have like a fear sometimes of of taking that step out and uh we fear that maybe there's going to be a closed heart and uh people aren't going to receive it does that hold us back sometimes from from evangelization and missionary work oh without a doubt i hear it all the time from folks that and and what it does it stops them on the way mm-hmm. they don't even get going on the way because well, I may not say it right, or I don't think people want to hear it. And But l- let's look at what Jesus did. Jesus tried to instruct Pilate, but then Pilate, you know, he didn't accept it, but Jesus still goes on the way. Yeah. Jesus goes on the way to the cross because he knows where his destiny is yeah. on that day. And yeah. and so we, we continue to go forward. And I think, too, and for our listeners, um, one thing... Uh, Actually, during our adult, adult Bible study this week, we were mentioning, like, you know, how does God speak to us? How does he, how does he prompt us? And mm-hmm. in many ways, you know, you read the scripture and we automatically think, like, oh, you know, God spoke from the sky. And, but oftentimes it's like he comes to us in our thoughts, in our intuition, in our, in our, mm-hmm. in our hearts. And uh, as we're speaking again about this discipleship and evangelization, like, there's times where you know, on my heart, on your heart, on people listening, like you just feel like, gosh, I sense this person over there, they're, they're struggling. And how do we enter into that with the Lord? And again, sometimes fear just holds us back. But this first station reminds us like, go bring the love of Christ and respond in love. Be not afraid. So, um, well, good. Let's, let's, uh, let's look at, uh, that second station. So, uh, it looks like I have written down that bearing wrongs patiently is applied uh, to the second station of the cross. Can you explain a little bit more about that and, and how that works? Well, yes, of course. Jesus accepts his cross, the second station. And it is not an act of justice. It's unjust, you know, that Jesus takes up this cross. But, but of course, he does so. He does so for our salvation. And how many times do we have to bear the crosses that other people put on our shoulders? Hmm. You know, how, how many times do we um, have something cruel said about us? Or, or, or even to go something like, we get cut off in traffic. You know, somebody cuts in front of us. 
or you know what people become angry with us hmm. what do we have to become angry back well no jesus shows us to accept our cross yeah to bear wrongs patiently hmm. because in doing so we'll be reflecting the mercy of jesus to others so that yeah. we can you know find the strength in the mercy of jesus and receiving that cross for for our salvation to reject bitterness and resentment when mm-hmm. others wrong us. Yeah, isn't that so true as a culture sometimes we're so reactionary. I mean, you go on social media, go on social media or even in our daily experiences like when we're hurt and granted, I mean there's in our human nature and our fallen nature like we snap back, we react back and um boy, wouldn't it be something if we could learn to grow in bearing our wrongs patiently that that we're we're hurt we're wounded someone said something uh or does something but we actually take time to reflect and to think back like lord you were were bearing the cross unjustly right i mean this was all placed upon him but he uh he took that cross and he uh, he was bearing that cross and for us to to learn from that and i can be just as guilty sometimes it's hard when something happens and it's easy just to be reactionary and to snap back versus to say, Lord, I take this cross, even, even an injustice sometimes to be like, I, I take this Lord and, and I trust in you and I, I walk this, this, this way, uh, with you. So why, why do you think, why do you think we're reactionary like that sometimes? Why do you think that, uh, why do we struggle to, to bear, uh, wrongs patiently in our culture today? Well, it's it's so easy for us to be defensive versus turning the other cheek, right? Mm-hmm. And and then you know with with the social media culture where people you know or these social media um, platforms feed us and feed us and mm-hmm. feed us these these um, insults, these um, uh, oh get upset about this type of thing. Um, you know, I we expose ourselves to a lot of opportunities to get upset when we get into social media. And so we have to really watch our exposure to that. Um, if you see, if you read something on social media and you think, oh, I'm going to post something and you post it out of anger, wait a minute, take a break, bear wrongs patiently no matter mm-hmm. what was said, let that go. And we'll also know that you'll you know, find peace in doing that. Amen. Amen. If you're just joining us this morning, we're, we're speaking with Deacon Mark Creechies from the, the Diocese of Crookston. And we're looking through the, the way of mercy, uh, which is a way of praying the, the stations of the cross. And this has been a, a wonderful conversation in the, this first half hour. And we're blessed to, to continue this conversation. If it's okay, Deacon Mark, if you stay on here, uh, we're going to take a little break, and then we're going to be back, and we're going to continue this, this conversation looking at some more of the stations and how we can walk through the way of mercy. So thank you for joining us this morning. Stay with us. We will be right back. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network.
Do you know a priest who has made a difference in your life or at your parish? One who has helped you through a loss, discern an important decision, or celebrated the sacraments with you and your family? Real Presence Radio would like to know about these amazing priests. Visit our website at realpresenceradio.com contact to nominate your priest. And each week on Real Presence Live, we will recognize one of our priests with a dozen donuts generously donated by a local business. Help us honor our fathers by nominating your priest today. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with a creative gift planning tip. Have interruptions impacted your charitable giving? If you feel like you have less to give this year or are waiting until you get through these recent challenges, we want to let you know about some creative gift options that won't cost you a dime this year. For example, you could designate Real Presence Radio as the beneficiary of all or percentage of your IRA or make RPR beneficiary of a percentage of your estate or specific asset. Make a bequest commitment gift this year without impacting your savings or investments. To learn more about the benefits of making a charitable bequest, please visit our planned giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. Hi, I'm Carrie Dew, the Executive Director of Riverview Place in Fargo. The blessing of our foundation built on faith and our sense of fellowship strengthens our sense of safety, security, and community. This is what the region has come to rely on at Riverview Place for the past 35 years. We'd love to have you join us. Call 701-237-4700 to set up a tour today or check us out at homeishere.org. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. And welcome back to Real Presence Live this morning. This is Ben Frost hosting today from Virginia, Minnesota at Holy Spirit Church. A little blustery day outside, a little cloudy uh, but we've got the Lord with us, and that's good. And uh, it's also good that we are speaking with Deacon Mark Creechy, and he is from the Diocese of Crookston. And uh, he's been sharing a little bit about his work uh, in the diocese with evangelization, missionary discipleship. And in our last segment, uh, we started to unpack uh, this way of mercy, uh, Stations of the Cross, that he made in his diocese and that's been used as a way of looking at the corporal spiritual works of mercy and actually integrating them into uh, the stations of the cross and we're just going to kind of continue through uh, some of those stations to to help us learn a little bit more about how we can reflect and pray through mercy as we we do the stations and uh, so Deacon Mark, uh, we went through two of the stations in our last segment, and I just I wanted to turn to the, the third station. So for the third station, you bring up one of the corporal works of mercy, and how does this apply? So which, which corporal work, work of mercy is applied to the third uh, station of the cross? Well, at the third station of the cross, the corporal, works of mer- the corporal work of mercy is give drink to the thirsty. Hmm. And, and you know, I'll just jump ahead real quick. The second Jesus falls for the second time, give shelter to the homeless. You know, sometimes in our lives, we, we fall. We have problems. We have difficulty. And we know Jesus 
is thirsty on the way to the cross. And, of course, when he's up on the cross, he says, I thirst. Hmm. And, you know, and so Jesus is bleeding. His body is tired. He's been whipped. He's been, um, you know, crowned with thorns. And, and yet no one cares for his basic needs. And in the Corporal Works of Mercy, of course, we're called to care for the basic needs of our, our brothers and sisters. And and so give drink to the thirsty, physical drink, of course, but also spiritual drink as well. Hmm. And and so I made that connection with, you know, Jesus falls under the weight of the cross, under the weight of our sins. His body is tired. Let's replenish the bodies of those who need food and water. Yeah, yeah. I like that you bring up both the the physical thirst and the, the spiritual thirst. Uh, I was speaking with someone yesterday, actually, about uh, Mother Teresa's reflection on mm-hmm. "I thirst," and uh, yeah. and both are really both are very important. Like you look in the way that that we respond to the the needs of those. Actually, uh, this Lent, Father Brandon organized um, the whole the whole idea of our our Lent this year was was mission based, uh, and specifically, you know, we have uh i think later in the show we might be speaking with nick davidson and his family literally they're missionaries they're going to cambodia in several months they don't know the language um and they they're moving there with their entire family in a country that is does not have a large percentage of of christians but to them it uh, what we're talking about now applies in both ways like they are going to provide for those physical needs the the thirst the hungers that are there to to provide support uh for the people that they'll be serving but to them as mm-hmm. they've been sharing throughout lent is even just as importantly the spiritual thirst of these people that on their hearts they want to go and to share the good news of Jesus Christ mm-hmm. and the catholic church and the good news of the Holy Eucharist. And the reality is, is we live in a world today that thirsts, like we are so thirsty for something that is true and real. And uh, so that's a beautiful reflection on this this third station. Um, we thirst yeah. and we need to respond to those around us and to the Lord, to the physical and the spiritual thirst in our culture today. Yeah, so you mentioned that beautiful reflection from Mother Teresa where Christ is up on the cross and says, I thirst, but mm. he's saying, I thirst for you. I thirst, he thirsts for us yeah. to come to him. And and then, you know, what that, that couple or that family that's going on mission, there and in our own lives, we have people that just fall down. They just need somebody to come and pick themselves up, yeah. sometimes physically. And through a corporal work of mercy, sometimes spiritually, and and boy, it's a beautiful thing that family's doing to go out there and um, um, you know do that missionary work. Yeah, amen. Um, so maybe the next question, and looking into the the coming um, stations of the cross. Um, what works of mercy that do you then pair with the next four stations? So we've covered the, the, the first three. Uh, so what would the, the next four stations look like? What corporate, what corporal works of mercy would be connected to those? Yeah. So, um, the station number four, of course, Jesus meets his mother and, and, you know, no mother should have to see her son go through this. 
But, you know, Mary knows that Jesus is doing the will of the Father. But but comfort the sorrowful. You know, the spiritual work of mercy, of comforting the sorrowful. Mary, uh, Jesus comforts Mary, knowing that her mourning will continue, knowing that, you know, he won't take away all of her sadness, but he still provides comfort. And we should do that. And and not with the goal of, okay, I'm going to comfort you so that you don't feel bad anymore. Boy, so many people try that approach, but that's, you know, you can't just wipe it away like that. Comforting the sorrowful means that you're going to comfort people, but they'll still be sorrowful. Hmm. Well, and then moving on to Station 5, Simon of Cyrene helps Jesus carry the cross, the corporal work of mercy of visit the prisoners. You know, Simon is pulled in this, you know, he sees this criminal going to his execution and may very well wonder, why should I have to help this guy? You know, I mean, he got himself into trouble, didn't he? Well, but of course, Simon carries the cross, and and our tradition holds that, you know, he was transformed, and that um, he became a follower of Jesus, and and perhaps, you know, the the two sons that are mentioned in Mark, you know, that Simon of Cyrene, the father of Alexander and Rufus. So it's thought that Alexander and Rufus became followers of Jesus. Then moving on to the sixth station, Veronica wipes the face of Jesus, corporal work of mercy, visit the sick. Uh, you know, and, and, you know, Veronica could not tend to all the wounds. She couldn't, you know, put balm on his sores. Uh, you know, she didn't have time. She didn't have the expertise. She didn't, well, and of course, the, the guards would have shushed her away. So she did this simple act of just wiping all the sweat and blood from his face. And then, of course, is rewarded with the magnificent image of Jesus on the cloth. When we go to visit the sick, we don't have to cure them. We, we don't have the ability to cure them, but just give them a wipe of their face. Come in with your, with your joy and with your love and with your compassion and, and care for them the way Veronica did to Jesus on the way to Calvary. And then the seventh station, Jesus falls for the second time, the corporal work of mercy of sheltering the homeless. You know, once again, the weight of the cross is too much for Jesus. Um, he's, he's exhausted. And, and maybe people see him fall down and go, well, what's, you know, what is he lazy? Is he just, t- is he faking it? And, well, when we find people who have lost their home, who are homeless, who are living on the street, or maybe find people in our lives that they need help staying in their home. Um, you know, they, they need help um, um, getting um, um, furniture for a home, um, uh, paint on a wall, um, moving from one place to another. What can we do to shelter the homeless hmm. and, and walk with them? Um, as they deal with this, you know, very real concern of where am I going to live? And there are so many ways we can do that directly as well as indirectly. Yeah. Um, take care of the homeless and the hungry and the poor. Oh, that's so beautiful. If you're just joining us this morning, we're speaking with Deacon Mark Creechies from the, the Diocese of Crookston, working in the area of evangelization, missionary discipleship. And again, we've been talking about uh, this way of mercy and th- it's a connection between 
uh, the works of mercy and also the stations of the cross. And we've been going through, as an example, some of the, the stations and the way that these works of mercy uh, really can connect us uh, into the, the passion of our Lord. Um, and Deacon Mark, as, as you've been sharing some of these, I've just been jotting a few notes down and Something that was on my heart, those last four that you were sharing, is just the importance in our culture today of the ministry of presence. And again, I Mm -hmm. think, I I talk to a lot, I work in adult ministry here at my church, and I talk to a lot of people, and sometimes I think there's a fear of like, gosh, I don't know what to, I don't know all the answers, I I don't know all the theology, I don't know what to say, sometimes I don't know Mm -hmm. what to do, and sometimes we miss just the opportunity for like, being present to people is just as effective as administering the gospel. And, yeah. um, and as you're reflecting on those last ones, the, um, the, the, the last four, comforting the sorrowful and visiting the prisoner and visiting the sick. And again, sometimes we get held back by these obstacles, but do we just, if we can just be present to people, that's so powerful. Wouldn't you agree with that? Well, and that's what Pope Francis writes about in The Joy of the Gospel. Yes. He says that we need to, all Catholics should be prepared in what he called the art of accompaniment, hmm. walking with, walking with. We, d- we don't have to think of ourselves as, well, I have to lead them, but walk with them. Walk with them, of course, towards the truth of the Gospel, towards Jesus, towards the beauty of the Catholic Church. Yeah. And for some, we'll accompany others for a minute of their life, and we'll never see them again. For others, we'll be accompanying them into a deeper relationship with Christ for months or years. But yeah, that presence you said, be Christ with them hmm. for that period of time to accompany them in their life, no matter how long it is you're with them. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Deacon Mark, I, we could keep talking all day here. And uh, is there, we're just about uh, ready to wrap up this time, but is there a way, um, so if people wanted to find these, uh, the, the way of mercy, is it kind of just local right now, or is there a way they could, they could reach out to you to learn more? Well, it's, it's local right now, and uh, one day, or they'll be up on the um, website, but they're not there yet. Um, yeah. And um, if, if people, you know, wanted a, a, a copy if they, um, you know, emailed me at the Diocese of Crookston, I can send an individual copy out to folks. It's just a real basic printing that we did of these, but uh, in the future it's going to be more available. Wonderful. Well, Deacon Mark, want to thank you for your time this morning, and God bless you and everything you're doing up there in the Diocese of Crookston, okay? Okay, thank you. Nice uh, to be with you, Ben. God bless. Up next, an opportunity to grow in your faith and love for your spouse. Stay with us. We will be right back here on Real Presence Live. Live, engaging, and local. This is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Live.